Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this fifth Sunday of Easter. Before our worship begins, uh, first just one announcement. It's a reminder that our church cleanup day will be this coming Saturday at 9 a.m. Please join us if you're able as we do some chores inside and outside the church to get things spiffy before Memorial Day and before summer. So please join us if you're able. Uh, and then one prayer request for you. I'm going to ask you to keep Bob McGaugh in prayer this week. Bob lost his sister Linda on Friday. So pray for, pray for him as, as he grieves and for his family. Are there other announcements or other prayer requests you have for the congregation? If not, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and prepare your minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. and I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and to God for ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us and renew us and lead us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, is the way, the truth, and the life. Give us grace to love one another, to follow in the way of his commandments, and to share his risen life with all the world. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Acts. 
Filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. The word of the Lord. We'll now intone Psalm 31. reading from 1 Peter. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. According to St. John, Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, 
what I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, those of you who have attended a number of Lutheran funerals may recognize that John 14 is by far the most common gospel text that gets preached in funerals. And that makes sense. Because in the times that we have of sorrow, we can truly consider Jesus' words of comfort in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That word troubled, the Greek word for that word troubled is the word terasso, and it literally means to be stirred up. And it's an image, it's a picture of that word that conjures up calm water that gets agitated by some outside force. To be troubled or to be stirred up is to be like a still pond that has a rock thrown into it. It is to be an otherwise placid lake disturbed by the strong winds of a thunderstorm. Sometimes this word is even used politically. It's used when a community is getting along fine, but then someone from the outside comes and disturbs the peace. And so that word terrasso, that word troubled, it's always a picture of some external thing that comes and stirs you up to try to take you out of the peace that you have. And so it makes sense that we would connect this verse, especially with funerals, because nothing will trouble us like the death of someone close to us. Nothing else that happens externally will make us question our life, question what we think we know about God, question the future, question what it means to grieve, to feel the pain of loss, even question what it will mean for us to die. And so when we do find ourselves troubled, stirred up, Jesus' sermon in John 14 becomes essential for us to hold on to. But what Jesus is going to tell us in this chapter is that he has come to take the power away from that which troubles us. In fact, Jesus becomes troubled himself so that we can become peaceful 
and certain and placid. John 14, as you might know, is Jesus' last sermon to his disciples on the night in which he is betrayed. The hour of Jesus' passion has come, and these are the words he wants the disciples to hear before everything unfolds. If we go back to the beginning of that day in John chapter 12, we see a picture of Jesus' prayer to the Father as Jesus considers what he has come to do. In John 12, 27, Jesus prays like this, Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason I have come to this hour. Jesus prays that he is troubled. In other words, Jesus here is saying that he has come himself to be troubled. Jesus is allowing himself to be troubled. Jesus, of course, does not have to be troubled. He's the perfect son of God. He is the Lord Almighty. Everything is at the command of his word. External forces that cause chaos and trouble have no real authority over him. But Jesus becomes flesh. He chooses the virgin's womb. He's born in Bethlehem. He lives as a man precisely so that he would become troubled. And Jesus becomes troubled with our sins and with the consequences of our sins. Jesus is taking on death itself. He suffers a betrayal, an arrest, a humiliation, pain, death, and all of this is only fitting of the worst of sinners. And Jesus does this so that he can say to you, and so your hearts can know with confidence that it's true, when he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He can say that to his disciples. He can say that to you because he himself became troubled on the cross for you. All of that which truly agitates your hearts, that sin, death, and the devil, Jesus deals with in his death and resurrection. And so Christ not only knows your troubles, he bore them on his own shoulders. He is indeed an empathetic listening ear when we feel troubled. But more than that, Jesus comes to us as one who has overcome the true pain of our troubles. He is more than a counselor who can listen to our problems, but has no power to overcome them. Jesus is both the one who knows our burdens and the one who bears them for us. In John 14, the way Jesus talks about this is that he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. This verse is often misunderstood. Sometimes it's understood to describe the present in the sense that Jesus is now absent from us, but will someday come back and take us to a heaven that he has prepared. But that's not what he's saying here. First, because he's not absent from us, he's very much present with us. He gives us his word and sacrament so that we know he is present. However, what Jesus is getting at, what he's telling his disciples, is that he is going to prepare a place for them on the cross. Jesus prepares a place for them in his death, and he comes back to them in his resurrection. And in his resurrection, the disciples are eternally united to him. They're eternally identified with him. And so nothing can separate Jesus' disciples from him. All that troubles the world, he overcame. 
And there is the gospel of comfort for you also. Jesus has prepared a place for you. And he did it on the cross. In other words, where is the shelter in the storms of your life? Well, the shelter is the death and resurrection of Christ. Because it is in the death and resurrection of Christ where all that truly troubles us is defeated. It all dies with Christ. Sin is buried with him. The power of the devil is taken away, and death itself loses its true sting. Christ is the place where your troubled heart has peace. In verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, what great comfort these words are meant to be. Because you don't have to find your own way through the troubles of this life. Christ is the way for you. You don't have to pretend to be strong when the world weighs you down. Christ is your strength. You don't have to search for meaning in life because Christ is the meaning of your life. He is the truth. You don't have to worry about wasting your life because Christ is the meaning of your life. You don't have to fear death because Christ has died in your place. And now he is your life. In verse 1, Jesus says, Believe in God, believe also in me. That's a fine way to translate the verse, but I think it's inadequate. I think a better translation is, Trust in God, trust also in me. Because that's where our true certainty comes from. We get to trust that Christ has accomplished everything for us. And the great thing is that Christ gives us this trust in his word. We don't have to try to figure this out on our own. We don't have to puzzle over our faith. We don't have to puzzle over what troubles us in this life because Christ gives us a promise. He says, I have prepared a place for you. It is accomplished. And so to believe in God is just simply to receive that promise. Jesus has done it all for you. And so now in your life, you will undoubtedly have a troubled heart. You will struggle with so much in this life, with anxieties, with grief, with pain, with uncertainty. But Christ wants you to return over and over to his word. He has prepared a place for you. He is the way for you. Receive his promise, receive his word, and do not be troubled. Amen.
Together let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, through the power of Christ's resurrection, you adopt all who believe in him. Receive us as your newborn children and nourish our faith through the pure spiritual milk of your word that we may dwell in your presence forever. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you have promised to build up your, hurt, your church to be a holy priesthood, that your people might offer spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving. Bless your church and bring all congregations together. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless church workers and those preparing for church vocations, that we may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, build up the households of your people, that your holy children, begotten in baptism, may grow in your grace and share together in your forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, your power brought all things into being and still preserves what you have made. Bless Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Richard Michael, our governor, and all elected and appointed servants. Let them, to your honor and your purpose, establish order and justice and protect all life. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, for the sake of your dear Son, who has restored all things, by his cross grant healing, comfort, deliverance, and peace to those in need. Bless the sick, the sorrowing, the anxious, the fearful, the homebound, the homeless, the dying, and all who have requested our prayers especially this morning, Charlie and Jane, Linda and Jenny, Allison, Steve, Roxanne, Rose, Marilyn, Tony, Carolyn, and all of those who are mourning. At the last, give them entrance into your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. 
Father of the risen Christ, you give us the crucified and risen body and blood of our Lord in the sacrament. And so let us taste that the Lord is good and continually grow into salvation. Lord, in your mercy. And into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who when dying has destroyed death, and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter 
and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. You are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.